Welcome to the Health Business Growth Show, where we take you behind the scenes of the top health businesses to learn how they built their success. Remember, success leaves clues, and we're going to be sharing those with you. I'm your host, JJ Bergen, Inc. 5000 founder of the Mindshare Collaborative, along with members of our Mindshare Mentor team. And each week, we are joined by some of the most brilliant, innovative, and okay, slightly unhinged health business experts you're going to ever meet. These folks have built empires from scratch, navigated the choppy waters of entrepreneurship, and will be sharing both their struggles and their successes on the journey of creating a thriving health business. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level by learning from the best, you are in the right place. In each episode of the Health Business Growth Show, we'll tackle real-world, relevant topics to help you build your audience and scale your income. From marketing to mindset, from hiring to firing, and everything in between. We'll share our own stories of success and failure, interview some of the most amazing guests in the health business world, and we promise to never take ourselves too seriously. Because let's be honest, building your health business can be a bit challenging at times. Success takes resilience, creativity, courage, and a willingness to step outside of your comfort zone. And we are here to help you navigate through all of it. Find the humor in the chaos and build a health business that's truly worth it. So let's get this party started. We are so glad you are here. Hi friends, Nat Kringut is here, one of the Mindshare mentors. I love to help you find things that you can add to your business that don't necessarily take up a lot of your time that can definitely be considered an income stream. And podcasting is what I'm here to talk to you about today, how to create and launch a podcast, or if you've got a podcast, how you can look at taking it to a new level. And really, it's about getting more downloads, more eyes on your product. And podcasting is definitely something that I've watched evolve over a couple of decades to the point where I remember when we first started podcasting, you used to dial into a platform, like a radio kind of platform. And there was almost a noise that sounded like the router getting fired up and then you'd be in the in the room and then you'd be recording and my goodness things have come a long way since then and I'm so glad that they have because you can now set up your own home studio and you can start to podcast from anywhere but you don't just want to do it anywhere and I want to help you understand why that's really important in this episode the thing with creating a podcast and I want to step through the things that I would actually advocate that you do to set up a podcast. One thing you need to think about when creating a podcast, however, is that it is a long-term commitment and it can have a huge impact on your business. So setting it up correctly from the beginning can really allow you to break into the podcasting arena with structure, strategy, and really set yourself up for success because it isn't going to work if you create three podcasts, launch them, and then don't put anything out for six months. Like anything, it requires you to have some strategy and some consistency But to get set up, that's what I want to help you understand more than anything today, where to start and how to get the wheels in motion. 
ideally a podcast is going to give you several things. It's going to help position you as an expert, which gives you credibility. It's going to allow you to have some leverage, create extra marketing opportunities, and of course, reach a wider audience, create some income. And my absolute favorite, if you've ever heard anything I talk about, there is one consistent theme that I ask from all of the people that I have the privilege of mentoring. And that is, if it is not fun, then you are not going to execute it in a way that lands. So most of all, we want to make this fun. We want to make sure you're having fun whilst you're doing it. And that's, I think, how you really decide, is a podcast right for me? First and foremost, is a podcast right for me? And if it sounds like something that you'd be curious about and it sounds fun, even though it might be a little bit scary, then yes, a podcast is right for you. So let's talk about getting started with your podcast. We really need to be mindful of a few things. Firstly, we need to define who is the audience. Is it that you are creating a podcast for professionals or is it that you're creating a podcast for the lay person? And obviously, the way that you talk is going to vary depending on who the audience actually is. But much like knowing your avatar when it comes to your marketing, it's really important that you apply the same principles to your podcast and really understand who is the audience. Secondly, you want to know, and again, I guess this comes as part and parcel, who is the demographic? So who am I speaking to? And can I continue to show up and speak in the same way to the demographic that I'm presenting to? Now, these things can evolve over time, but when we're starting out, it becomes really important to dial this in. Nextly, what problem are you solving for them? So we know we need to talk to pain points because this is how we become attractive because we are solving something. What problem are you solving and what pain points are out there that you see repeatedly that you can actually offer a solution to? And also, finally, why should they listen to you? I think realizing it's such a privilege to be able to broadcast and for people to actually choose to listen to your content, it's pretty wild really, but it's such a privilege for us. So if we can come from that place of curiosity, but also knowing who we are and what we're here to do really does help it to land in a way that it makes sense to the audience. They can land on your podcast and decide yes or no right in this moment do I want to listen to this? We really do need to then look at ways that we can set you apart from all of the other podcasts out there because I'm not going to lie, there are many options out there, many options, hundreds of thousands of options when it comes to podcasting. So why should someone listen to you? You want to consider other little technical things as well at this point. If you're not great at editing, then you need to look at potentially having a producer or an assistant who can support the runnings of the podcast. And this goes from recording right through to editing and often promotions, writing the copy that will be then published. There's lots of aspects to that. So you can do as much of the driving of that as you like, or you can outsource this and get producers. And I personally, if you haven't done this before, I would consider there are companies out there that actually will create the first eight episodes, let's say, for you, show you how to do it and then hand it over. And that could be a really good option if you've got no idea what you're doing, but you're really keen to learn and you're happy at some point to take over the production side of things. The other thing I'd encourage you to do is research similar podcasts or pay attention to the podcasts that you're currently listening to. 
And why are you listening to them? And what do you like about them? But also, what don't you like about them? Because there is absolutely no use in reinventing the wheel. You want your podcast to be unique. You want it to cut through. And you know why it's going to do that? Because it's you. And so you need to show up uniquely yourself to then be attractive for people to come and listen to your podcast because it is you. Let's think about a podcast setup. Basic 101. You need to have good sound. Sound is so important. In fact, it's the one thing that people will actually decide whether they listen to a podcast or not. So making sure that you have quality sound, which is then recorded properly, is really important. And your producers should be able to recommend how to do that. You can use many platforms. You can use Zoom, you can use Skype, you can use Zencaster, Riverside, just to name a few. Um, but it is important if you are planning on having guests on that you look at how you can record on separate tracks so that the sound is good and that the editing can be done properly. So sound is up there. The video quality, that can come second. Sure, if you decide that it's really working for you and you want to keep going with that, it might be something that you invest in down the track. But to begin with, sound is so important. You also want to think about a podcast title. It needs to make sense, but it also needs to be captivating. So one way I would say, if you have an audience already, ask the audience what resonates, throw out some names, ask people in that you trust within the industry, ask within the Mindshare community, what do you think of these titles? It either needs to hit pain points or it needs to solve a problem. I would say also that if I look at my podcast title, The Wellness Collective, it's been going for a long time and it made sense at the time. But would I title it now The Wellness Collective? Probably not. You've got to look at what makes sense right now. And I'm trying with the tips that I'm giving you here right now, I'm trying to help you cut through. So sure, there are other titles out there. Likely they've been around for a long time. And that's probably why they might not actually hit pain points or solve a problem. But to get you to cut through right now, this is, I think, really important. We want to create an introduction. Even a little trailer is a great idea. In fact, I'd say create a trailer and an introduction. The trailer will go up to obviously be a teaser for what your podcast is going to be about. And it's the first published episode, so to speak, when you go and you search it wherever you're listening to podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Spotify, wherever you're listening. You want to have that there and you want to get that up and published pretty quickly to really be a placeholder. And that acts as a marketing tool as well, whilst you're getting everything else sorted. Once you've got your graphics for your podcast and you've got your trailer, you can start marketing the podcast, meaning that once you then release episodes at your release date, People have already subscribed and they're ready to listen. So that's a really good idea to create a captivating trailer. And then your intro, you need to listen to at least five other podcast introductions to work out what you want yours to say. This is the who, what, when, where, why, how, and it shows your audience what you're about and why they need to listen to you. And it really should be short, maybe about 30 seconds as an explainer. And it goes on the front of every single episode that you publish, just as brand awareness and identification. And then an outro as well. Not always necessarily, you could do this in your live recording. You could have your intro that plays, then your editor or your producer would then edit your actual episode. 
obviously the intro first, then the episode would exist. And then the outro can either be live, that you just actually record your outro during your recording, or it could be something that's pre-recorded and it sounds the same every time. It doesn't really matter. It's just what works for you. Next, you need to decide about guests and bookings. So if you've decided, okay, I've got my podcast, I've got my name of my podcast, I've got some artwork, I know who my audience is, I've recorded my trailer, I've recorded my intro, guess what? I'm now ready to start recording episodes. Now, at this point in time, you would want to create, I would say, between six to eight episodes to launch. And we can talk about the way that we would launch those, but you do want to have enough that someone can go and binge listen. There's nothing worse than finding a new podcast or even a new television show and there only being one episode. And whilst that used to work back in the day, it doesn't work anymore. We are so spoiled for choice and you want to keep the listener on your podcast for as long as you possibly can. So having episodes that are, well, at least six to eight of them that are in succession is really quite useful as a mar- from a marketing perspective. And then I can talk to you about how we market that. You wouldn't necessarily market all eight at once, but you would launch all eight at once. So you've got all of these things going. Now you need some guests. Unless you're deciding to run a solo episode or a solo series, and there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people are doing that, and I think it's working very well. But to get some guests on your podcast, you need to, I would say, make a list of 10 audacious guests that you would love to have on your podcast. You know, pie in the sky, if I could have this happen any way that I could, I would like to invite these 10 amazing people on my podcast. And then also make a list of 10 guests that you know would absolutely support you immediately. And this is what's great about the Mindshare community is that there are definitely 10 people that you know right now that you could ask to be on your podcast that are credible, that are engaging, and that would help to hit topics that perhaps you're not an expert in, but you would love to feature that would absolutely help your community. It's easy at this point. Once you've done this, I would recommend that you have a scheduling link where guests can easily book to schedule or reschedule at their convenience. And once the podcast is up and running, you'll also start to receive pitches and requests from others to support your podcast too. So this link becomes really useful if somebody asks you, I would like to be on your podcast and it makes sense for them to be on your podcast. And actually at that point, only, only if it makes sense for them to be on your podcast, would you have them on your podcast? Please, at this point in time, you want to have guests that are there to support your community. There's no point if your community doesn't knit and sew, it's no point having an expert that that's what they're going to teach your community do. You're going to find that people will then fall away very quickly and go, that podcast is not for me. You don't have much time to enroll people into your podcast. So you want to get them from the beginning and keep them listening. And then over time, you might be able to branch out into different topics. So you've got people now coming to you. We're just fast forwarding a little bit. You've got people coming to you saying, I'd love to be on your podcast. So here's what I would do at this point. I always say, okay, great. Especially if you don't know them, it can be a little bit awkward. We will always ask for an example of five podcasts that they've been on so that we can make sure that they fit our brand. And we would also ask them at this point for five talking points to provide examples or information about what they're going to present on. And what this does is it creates a 
position where you can have a yes, no answer for the person asking to be on your podcast. But equally, this is also if you're pitching to other people to be on their podcasts, and that's another whole episode. But if you're pitching to people, the same thing applies. You want to create some type of template where you can get a yes, no answer straight away from either the person that you're pitching to or the person that's pitching to you. That's what you're seeking. So I would recommend that you create an email template and have your assistant or whoever, if you are reaching out to these pie-in-the-sky audacious guests, don't you do that. Let somebody do that on your behalf and make your template really concise, really to the point. I've got an example for you. So hi, Nat. I am so thrilled to be starting my podcast, The Wellness Collective, a unique podcast dedicated to helping women feel happier, healthier, and better. On the Wellness Collective, I would cut through all the noise in the wellness space by interviewing experts from around the world to discover the very best ideas and theories that help you improve every aspect of your life. And I want you. I'm a big fan of your work for a long time, and I would love to have you come and speak about X, Y, Z. Please point me in the right direction of who I can chat with to get you scheduled or check out my calendar link here, and we can make it super simple. I look forward to having you on the podcast. Something as simple as that. That's all it needs to be. And at that point, whoever I'm asking to come onto the podcast is either a yes or no, or if I'm pitching myself to be on someone else's podcast, again, it's a yes or no. So you could use that template either way. Even though we're talking about how to get guests onto your podcast right now, don't be fooled into thinking that's only a one-way template. You can use that accordingly. So then the next thing you're going to want to do is schedule your recordings. So you want to get your guests scheduled, as we said, you could use that calendar link. And then there's some certain things that you want before you press record. Now, I use Asana for this, for scheduling tasks across the team. And we would create a working document of all of the guests and all of the upcoming guests and all of the potential guests that we want. We also have the proposed recording date and the publishing date. And I have two documents for this. We use Asana to schedule all of this, but we also have a scheduling doc, just a Google doc so that the producer can also be across that. So Asana is where I would house their date and time of the recording, the images for the artwork. So we always ask for a picture at this point that we can use for our artwork of them. This is where the talking points would get scheduled, any links that we need for the podcast, whether it's social, website, programs, book opt-in, and any other relevant information that the team requires. And this can all stay in one task in Asana, and it means everyone can find it really easily. And then, like I said, the only thing that I would use Google Docs for here is to create a document where it's more of a scoping doc, where we have the guests, the recording date, and the published date. And it just makes it easier because personally, my producer doesn't need to be in Asana very often. It's more about they're out there getting the recordings done, the editing done and loading it up to be published. The best thing you can do at this point is delegate and coordinate who will have the file or the recording file. Is it the producer? Is it their job to edit that? Is it their job to load it? Or are they preparing it and sending it back to you? Whatever works for you. It doesn't really matter. If you're finding your feet, however, it might make more sense to have them actually do that and step that out for you so that eventually, if you wanted to, you could take the reins on that, or maybe they might just continue to do that. 
doesn't really matter, whatever works for you. You don't want to be doing any job, whether it's podcasting, whether it's accounting, whether it's marketing, whether it's creating a summit. You don't want to be doing any of the tech jobs that take you away from your focus. It's so important that you stay focused to the job that you're good at, which is probably being the talent and letting everybody else do the other small tasks. They're all equally important. They are all necessary to get a podcast up and running but you need to stay in your zone of genius at this point. Artworks and graphics. I touched on this before, but the artwork needs to pop and it needs to be something that you can feature the guest or overlay for promotions. It needs to be something that when you publish it, people know it's your podcast. If you think about the top podcasters that you see out there, their artwork looks the same time and time again. You know it's theirs because it's branded, it makes sense, and you attribute it to them. So you want to create and replicate this and you want your artwork to stand out so that when someone's scrolling through Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever they're scrolling, they know, they recognize the branding straight away. So you're going to need a thumbnail or podcast tile. You're going to need a tile template that features guests. So something that you can use for promotions that is a template, but then each episode you would just change the image of the guest and the title. And then you want swipe through templates as well for stories. If you're sharing this, I find stories is one of the best ways to share and the best place your guest is going to actually share their podcast episode once it becomes live. Now, this is so key to getting more ears on your podcast episode, creating shareable content that the guest is happy to share. A book can change the entire trajectory of your career and catapult your brand. I can literally divide my professional career into two halves before my best-selling book and after my best-selling book because the Virgin Diet changed everything for me and my family. Now I keep saying best-selling book is why I've got four New York Times best-selling books. The Virgin Diet wasn't my first or even the second book I wrote. The difference was that starting with The Virgin Diet, I had studied what it takes to launch a book out to the world as a bestseller, and I followed that advice to the letter with life-changing results. Once I cracked the code, I repeated the process with my other books. Since then, I've helped multiple members of our Mindshare community do the same, including Dr. Isabella Wentz, Dr. Kellyanne Perducci, and Dr. Alan Christensen. Now, I love the phrase, success leaves clues. And this is especially true in the book publishing world. Whether your book still lives in your brain, is ready to be published, or is already out in the world, are exactly how to launch or relaunch your book teaches you those success clues. I'll be joined by best-selling authors and book strategists, Sam Horn and Liz Marshall, and you will learn the critical messaging that gets and keeps a book selling and is people quoting your book. You'll identify the right launch model for you based on your goals and commitment level. You'll discover how to build and leverage meaningful relationships to ensure that your book continues to change the conversation for the long term. You know, beginning authors think that the hardest part of the book process is writing the book, while experienced authors know that it's all about the launch process to get your book selling and then keep it selling so that you can create the impact and income that made you decide to write it in the first place. This exactly how to launch or relaunch your book workshop takes place in the comfort of your home or office Friday, August 18th, and will be recorded so that you can continue to refer back to it. It's time to get that book out into the world. So to get registered, just join us at ms365.io forward slash E-H-T book. 
That's ms365.io forward slash ehtbook. This is why you want it to look good. This is why you want it to be beautiful. You want it to make sense. And I would spend time getting this right because if you can get this right, it means that the heavy lifting of the marketing is also going to be done by the guest. And when someone shares with me a well-designed graphic, whether it's an infographic, whether it's actually a clip of me talking on their podcast, I will always share it if it looks good. I love having content created for me. So why would I not share it? So make sure that you make it look great and that it makes sense. Think about it actually, what you're creating is in mind with the guests actually wanting to share it. So you could consider also creating a reel or a video that is actually replicated each week, again, for shareability and familiarity. And so that that means that you're continuing to create branding that becomes familiar to the audience. You definitely want to make sure that you're creating high quality images at all times. And it will also mean that your diehard listeners are more likely to share it as well. Okay, so I feel like we've gone through the checklist of what you need to do to get started. The next thing you want to start to do, this is weird in the sense that you probably don't think about what you're doing when you're starting a podcast as creating a community because it's not like a Facebook group or even a Facebook page where you can see people interacting. But make no mistake about it. What you are doing is you are creating a community through the listeners, the people that are listening to your podcast, and you get to continue to grow and strengthen your community through your podcast. I feel this is the one thing many people are missing when they create a podcast. They're not thinking about the community. They're perhaps thinking more about, oh my gosh, do I look good? Do I sound good? Like, how do I get great topics? Start to think about what the listener or what the client or the patient or the customer actually wants because it is a tool where you are creating a very tight-knit community, a community of listeners, your diehard listeners that love your podcast without knowing who they are. It is a bit strange, but there's one thing I, I feel like it does create success because you've got to think about who you're talking to and you want to keep them there and you want to keep them engaged. So some things to consider to help build community with a podcast. Ask them to rate and review the podcast and read out reviews. People love having their reviews read out live on a podcast. And this really does help to create that community vibe. Consider a catchphrase or some type of unique thing about you and the podcast that people automatically think of you. Think of Dave Asprey and coffee or, uh, you know, anything that makes sense that you can associate that with. We have a tagline at the end of our podcast. It's super cheesy, but we've been using it for like eight years, so it works. And it's, we hope that this episode has left you feeling happier, healthier, and better. And we use happier, healthier, better all the time. So just think about a catchphrase, something that you would say all the time or something that really makes sense to associate you and something unique. Frequently ask your audience what guests that they want. Survey your audience. That is your community that's already there. So make sure that what you're giving them is actually what they want. You might think it's great to have an astronaut, but your audience couldn't care less about an astronaut being on your podcast, even though like you're like, oh, I love astronauts. 
actually that could work if you love astronauts and they love you, then that, that could be a common thing, but it's probably not going to make sense. So frequently ask the audience what they want, ask them for feedback, ask them to message you, ask them for either topics or guests that they would like to learn more about. Consider doing a live episode once a quarter where they can actually engage. They could call in or you could answer their questions live or perhaps they could submit questions ahead of time. I feel that really helps to connect with the listener. And also ask them to take photos when they're listening to your podcast and to tag you so that you can share those as well. All right, marketing. So you've got your podcast, you're ready to go, it's published, your trailer's there, but you haven't let yet launched any episodes because I told you to just, just wait. <laughs> and you're good like that. This is actually, I think, super important that I know we're all really wanting to get it out there and you just want to publish that first episode. But if you can wait and you can do it in a way that is going to get you maximum traction, obviously that's the way through. Remembering, like I said, we have to do what is going to cut through because this is a saturated market, but that doesn't mean you can't make your podcast work. So the marketing does require ongoing work. All marketing requires ongoing work. So I would recommend having some type of system of process for weekly promotion. So a system that can be replicated week after week after week. And this would look something like firstly publishing the same day each week or whatever frequency it is that you want to publish at. I have a social tile ready to go. I like to make carousel posts as well on Instagram. Yes, we share it up to Facebook. We don't really exist on any of the other social platforms. We will email out our list, not every week, but we will usually email them out once a month with the four podcasts that have been published for the month because I don't really want to exhaust my list. But it is a great reminder and I do think it works. So publishing the same day is super important. Having your social tiles ready to go also super important. You also want to email the guests with the links, the social tiles, thank them for being on the podcast and encourage them to share the episode. And then, of course, tag them. And if it makes sense, especially on Instagram, have them as a collaborator. That works so well to get views is the option of a collaborative post. And we're all about collaboration. So I absolutely love that. I also say don't just promote it once and walk away. Promote it again midweek, perhaps make a reel that makes sense. For example, we had an episode on pelvic floor, women's health and pelvic floor and incontinence, and I did a funny reel of me walking through the lounge room, about to sneeze, stopped, crossed my legs, helped brace myself, and then sneezed and then continued to do what I was doing. It resonated. Women could connect with that because we've all been there. We all at some point in time go, oh my goodness, I'm going to sneeze and this could be terrible. So don't think it has to just be video content as in the guest, think outside the box of how you can actually get people's attention. And then they're like, oh, I need to listen to that. Also find funny memes or quotes that are relevant to the topic. And you can absolutely reference back to old podcasts if it is timely for current events. One thing I love doing is creating question boxes on Instagram and getting the audience to ask me any questions. And there is a whole library of podcasts that probably there's one there that answers the question. So I will often refer back to a podcast episode that makes sense. And of course, that's not just one person that's going to actually click through to listen to that. That's many because it exists in my stories and there's lots of people watching. So whether it makes sense because it's something that's happening in the media right now or because somebody's asked the question, 
or because maybe you've got you've seen five people in the clinic that day that's got the same problem and you thought you'd share it. Just think of ways you can continue to share. With this in mind, back to the eight podcasts and how to release those, I would release if I'm just starting and I don't have that consistency happening just yet, I would release all eight episodes and have all eight there and have the promotion all about, you know, that we've launched the podcast and you can go and listen and hear the eight episodes. But then I would promote each one each week until I got up to the eight weeks. And then I would start to release a new podcast weekly. That would be the method that I would use. Next up, you need to track your statistics and please know your numbers. Numbers talk, they keep you motivated. So you want to consider how many listens and downloads you'd like in the first three months of launching. Now, how do you know what this looks like? It's obviously going to depend on your audience size, the guests that you have, the marketing that you do, but perhaps do ask other people that have launched podcasts recently what their numbers look like. And, you know, just a ballpark figure. Say out of curiosity, I'd love your help. I'm thinking about launching a podcast or I am launching a podcast. What sort of numbers could I expect for the first month? Because there's nothing worse than launching something and being completely disappointed because you've got to be real about this. And it takes time to build your audience like any other place. It takes time to build the audience. So if you in the first week had 100 listens, that is fantastic. Remembering you get to grow with your audience like any other scenario where you're putting or creating a product, you get to grow with the audience. So don't be disheartened, but let's have some numbers or metrics that we would like to achieve and ask around what others have achieved that are in a similar position to you so that you know what those statistics look like. I can't stress enough how important it is to check your statistics frequently. Downloads per episode, downloads per quarter, and overall listens that you want to be tracking those. It allows you to see which episodes people are resonating with. It allows you to also see which ones they didn't. It allows you to also continue to keep things in check. Also, you want to create goals towards where you want to be down the track. So let's say three months, six months, 12 months are good check-in points and have some goals to work towards. And sometimes I can see your episodes sliding. So I'll go and actually promote other episodes that I know were really great or that maybe got missed that people can check in with just to drive the numbers up. So I feel like they're all the things that you need to get started. And then one other thing you can add as you get going, and you are going to need some metrics for this. So you wouldn't be able to do that. Well, I don't feel like most of us would be able to do this unless you have a great relationship with a company. But sponsorship and advertising, I will say, I don't think that they're going to happen overnight, but you can most certainly set your podcast up with the aim of sponsorship. And so this becomes important as to which platform you are going to publish your podcast to, because you want to be able to position advertising in a way where it's not forever, it's not evergreen. So if I record a podcast and I promote your business in the podcast, that's there evergreen forever, which is something that you quietly actually, as a guest, definitely want to try. But if you're sponsoring a podcast, you want to be able to plug in and take out ads because you don't want them there for all of time because they're paying for sponsorship unless they're paying for sponsorship for all of time. So there are platforms that allow you to do that. So when you're producer is editing, they will find a gap in, say, the middle of your episode for a mid-roll advertising spot where you can actually plug in and plug out advertising, which means that 
say I'm live podcast is not sponsored at the moment, but I've got it scheduled to be sponsored uh, as of next week. That ad would appear next week and say I've agreed to have it there for four weeks. That ad will exist on every single podcast, every single episode for four weeks, and then it will be gone. So you want to make sure that you're doing this in a way that actually obviously makes sense and is seamless. And that's what a good producer will help you do. Now, sponsors are going to want information on your audience, including demographics, number of downloads per episode, number of downloads in a period of time, i.e. a month, so that they can, let me say that again, so that they can assess the return of investment and the potential reach. It needs to make sense for them to give you money to feature their product. So this is why it's important to also get your numbers and know your metrics so that you can easily create a sponsorship proposal and present the numbers that you currently have in terms of the community and the number of people listening to your podcast. They're all the things that I would suggest that you need to start a podcast. And also, if you have a podcast already, but you're not doing some of these things, it can be a good reminder of things that you need to add that are going to actually move the needle when it comes to your podcast. We can always make our podcasts better. We can't always start a podcast. So the first thing you need to do, as we always say, better done than perfect. Get it going. Get it started. Chances are, to begin with, you're not going to have a million downloads. So you don't need to worry if it's terrible. It's onwards from here. It's onwards and upwards from here. So at this point in time, I would say move through the the processes of getting these things in place, ready to launch. And then see what lands and experiment. See it as a beautiful experiment where you get to add potentially another income stream to your business. But at the very least, it is going to be another place where people can find you, where you can get people watching, where you can raise your credibility and you can, above all, help more people. That's what we're trying to do here always. We want to come back to why are we doing this? And at the end of the day, fundamentally, we want to help more people to live healthier, happier lives. And that should be the driving force of really anything you do, but especially a podcast is the opportunity that you have to create that. So I hope that this episode has been useful. I hope that you feel motivated or at least you've got some new ideas to add to your podcast or motivated to create a podcast. And like I said, there are other facets that we can add to this. We could dive more into specifics on marketing or specifics on sponsorship. But to get things up and running, these are the fundamentals that I believe that you need to do that. So I hope that you felt this useful. And I will say until next time, bye for now. Here at the Mindshare Collaborative, we are committed to helping you increase your vision, income and impact. One of the first things we'd love to support you on is adding a high-profit leveraged income stream so that you can enjoy more time and money freedom. And to help you get started, I've created the Health Professionals Playbook for building multiple streams of income that identifies five proven strategies for creating a sustainable income beyond your primary practice to create time and money freedom. To get your free copy as my gift to you, go to ms365.io forward slash MSI. That's ms365.io forward slash MSI.